You're listening to The Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Owen 60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. This is episode 69 of The Owen 60 Podcast. I'm Reese Dumaney along with Colin Ward. And another jam-packed show for you. Um, Colin was the smart one. He wrote down our rundown, so neither of us will forget. Um, I've already forgotten, so Colin is on it. He's got it written down. He's ready to go. But um, yeah, a few things to get to today. Of course, it's it's been a while since this game happened, but our featured game of the week saw the Flint Firebirds take on the Saginaw Spirit. Also happened to be the CHL TV game of the week, so that was kind of cool as well. So uh, we will start off with that. It was a 4-1 victory for the Saginaw Spirit. But uh, before we get to that, Colin, what else are we looking for uh, for this show? Yeah, we got some stat. We got a stat of the day. Yeah, Finally. shout we out to Colin for this stat. It's we need stat that Dan Levitard stat of the day theme song, but I feel like there's copyright issues there. So, um, yeah, we just need to make our own. Yeah, we, we do. Stat. We got a stat. No blonde moments. Hey, yeah. quick touch up, though. It's bad how hard it is for me to figure out how to connect my airpods to my laptop before it, it, that literally, is this is pretty like a, embarrassing it this is. is literally like a five month run of not connecting right away it's yep. just like yeah my well arms are flying everywhere circus music going <laughs> yeah it takes me like two minutes so to connect my headphones so i just want to quickly uh, bring that up because i've already had a blonde moment too so you're okay I, i'll join the party but yeah we got so we got a stat of the day players of the week not a big deal we got a first. Hey, we got a first goal. Show guest first goal. Not a big deal. We have a third star of a game. First star of the game for a certain show guest. I could say not a big deal. We have a highlight of the week in a, <laughs> a nice little Forsberg action. How you doing? Type thing on a Friday night at the Bud. I think you know what I'm going to say. Not a big deal. But yeah, it's going to be a fun one this week. I'm ready to go. We got some games that stood out to us. We got some players that stood out to us. It's a big one, and plus a featured game this week because I can't believe I forgot it, but we're allowed to go to the States for games, and the States are allowed to come here. So we're going to not have those 12 games in a row against each other, which is going to be fun. So we got that too. I'm getting ready. November 9th, Edmonton Oilers, Detroit Red Wings, Little Caesars Arena. I will be there. Attaboy. Free parking. Attaboy. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Who cares about the tickets? That's nice to save the $40 parking parking there. Yeah, it's nice to say that $40 parking there. Yeah. yeah, we're not talking about Saturday either. That's illegal. And uh, and my Denver Broncos trading away the franchise today, so or yesterday, but I mean yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. I mean I was not, I wasn't I wasn't upset about it either. I said it had to be done. That's business. Business is business, but yeah. Your football team one. traded the uh, the whole team. Well, not the whole team, but I want them to. Most of the I team. I want them to. <laughs> Since you can consider him most the whole of the team. team. <laughs> yeah. Um, my yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers a- beat the Cleveland Browns. Suckers. Ooh, yeah. Good yeah. Times. Not a big deal. By the way, that's my <laughs> Halloween a- costume. Let's recap that first. Halloween just passed, yeah. and we saw we saw a bunch of fans uh, out at OHL ranks with their costumes on throughout the weekend. Um, obviously, not a lot of teams playing on the Sunday, so. Halloween games took place Friday or Saturday, but uh, while we're on the topic of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I did my best uh, assistant coach impersonation. I went as a Pittsburgh Steelers coach. Nice. 
Nice. I like that. That's a good one. I want to do the Michael what was Scott Colin from the Ward? office. Michael Scott from the office. Love that. Just yeah, kidding. Had to rock it. But hey. <laughs> I like, hey, I like how hey. you didn't notice for a couple seconds. You're like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that's another one. Day that's like the was that what was I describing last week? Was it like the mask trying to stay warm in Guelph? Right, yeah. like, oh, like breathing hard in my hand. <laughs> that's like right now again. But uh, yeah, that should be a gift. That one in the hey, hey, hey. <laughs> two different tones. Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, someone call. Someone call me. Hey, hey. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I have a quick question for you since Halloween. Best yeah, candy as a best candy as a kid because I was all over the big size chocolate bars. You can get a full size chocolate bar like that house is a go to spot. So I mean, it was like two biter Kit Kats and stuff, and like the yeah. coffee crisp that you get. I mean, another two, two bites. Bite. <laughs> Try half a bite. And <laughs> <laughs> then take me two damn bites to eat that. <laughs> Twitter poll, Twitter poll this week. One or two bites for a uh, oh, coffee, crisp. For a mini coffee crisp. But yeah, what you got um, for me? Because I like I really started trick or treating in Hamilton. I don't remember that, um, but like the years I do remember when I lived in Windsor is Windsor was not at the time they weren't really a chip town. Like you actually got chocolate bars, whether they were mini or not. You never really got chips, which is clutch because when I moved to Cambridge, that's all you seemed to get was chips, and it was really annoying. But um, in Windsor, there's this one house that would uh, give it a full size chocolate bar and a can of pop. There's another house that would give out nice. cotton candy, and then and then a couple of years, one of the houses gave away candy apples. So Ooh. that that was pretty sweet, but I mean, for if someone clutched I, up and gave out even mini Toblerone, like the mini Toblerones, I'd be a big fan of that because obviously no one's going to give good. away the big Toblerone bars. So the mini ones, that'd be that'd be pretty. Sweet. That'd be okay. Yeah, then I like the houses that change it up. You know, like go to a certain place, you get like one weird thing was the package of popcorn, the microwave popcorn. I had that in a couple of houses, but then you go like candy, candy, chocolate bar, chocolate bar. It's nice to get that odd occasional bag of chips. My grandparents split it up perfectly. So my one, like my dad's side had pop. So I got pop cans from them and then go down the road to my mom's parents. And I used to get the full chocolate bar. So it was like, Hey, nice. Yeah. Nice. So quick uh, Halloween stories. I got to go chocolate bars. Chocolate bars are where it's at. I like that. Yeah, oh, chocolate bars game? are nice. I mean, man, you got me talking about candy now. I don't want to stop. But uh, yeah, um, I'm a big fan of Skittles. If you got the big pack of Skittles, that'd be Ooh. that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm sorry for the people that don't have red dye, but red Skittles are my favorite. That's the best kind of Skittle. The red ones. That's like nah, Starburst. Yellow. Yeah. You, really? You're the lot. That the lemon? Yeah, lemon. Yeah, the lemon. That's where it's at. Yeah, those are good. I used to not mind the bubble gum too. Like the little packages of like big league chew. Go to yeah. school on the playground the next day and you got like a big glob of gum in your cheek. Well, like, yeah. One year I got the roll of, you know, that roll of gum, whatever yeah. the heck it's called. It. I can't remember. And you take it all out at once and just shove yeah. it in. It's like a. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might have been double bubble. I don't know. I can't remember. I'd have to look. Um, but, anyways, all right. Yeah. On to hockey. <laughs> enough about candy. Quick Halloween talk. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. good. We had to. Um, oh, yeah. Saigon Spirit hosted the Flint Firebirds. It was the CHL TV game of the week. And when I heard Joey Botano 
presented by Kubota immediately. Well, they don't know how to drop a puck, so. Hey, nice, nice uh, memory. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. That was show number media. one, man. That was show number one already. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so already. Patrick, remember, we were, remember, remember when we were showing, remember when we did the puck drop? That was awesome. That was you got to awesome. do a ceremony puck drop. When you do a ceremonial puck drop, you got to do it like, well, obviously dogs beat you on any point. So if you have a dog dropping the puck, you're, yeah. you're done. You're, I mean, oh yeah, you quit. lost automatically. Yeah, you're not, you got no hope. But yeah. if you want to save yourself, you got to go on the ice, do the crowd pump up, wave your arms oh, up and down. Man. You would be that guy, and then oh, you'd yeah. like, you'd like, and then wipe out. You, you'd get too into <laughs> it, and then your foot would miss the carpet one time, and just find the Somersault. ice. Some <laughs> You'd ice. be like that anthem Flop, singer like... from Vancouver who skated around and tripped over the carpet. Except you would completely miss the carpet. <laughs> I would bring my skates. I would bring my skates in the miss of, and go <laughs> and just go off the bench and do a bunch of spins and topic. Oh I can land right on the park. That'd be awesome. That would be so funny. You, know, you go out on the ice, you're skating around, you're all pumped up. Next thing you know, you get dropped the puck, you just face plant right on top of the right on top of the puck. Oh, that'd be a gong show. But yeah, you gotta awesome. pump up the crowd if you do a puck drop. That's automatic yeah. 10 for me. Yeah, so hopefully, but, yeah. and I and I saw this report. You might even chat about this in the second uh second uh segment. Uh they're still trying to get the top prospects game played. And rumor has it that it would more than likely be in an OHL arena. So that would be really exciting. But uh, we'll discuss that more in the second segment because I think that's even a topic that we could add to the list and Big time. Um, you know, make sure we discuss it. But uh, uh, yeah, so in, in this one, it was, it was definitely not a power play night. Both teams definitely did not have the greatest power plays of all time, kill, mate, especially though. the Flint Firebirds penalty kill. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Saginaw Spirit had the best penalty kill of all time uh, on uh, this past Wednesday, or I guess last Wednesday. Um, like I said, it was a 4-1 final for the hometown Saginaw Spirit. Starting the first, Saginaw would open the scoring. Dalton Duhart, uh, unassisted goal at the 433 mark. And he had himself a pretty good night, earned second star honors, of course, behind Oak, which is expected. He played unreal, but we will get to that. Uh, so guy. Duhart, he makes it one nothing uh, after one period of play. That came just even strength five on five. The Saga Spirit actually outshot in that first period, 12-10. Um, not that Flint really looked amazing either. There was just... Sometimes you don't get as many shots as you want, and that's just the way it goes. So, um, you know, head to the second period, two shorthanded goals by the Saginaw Spirit and Mr. Josh Bloom. Show yes, shout that out. Uh, he gets his second goal of the year, a shorthanded marker at the 33 second mark of period number game two. Winner. It was, it was the game winner. And then it would be. Yeah, then it'd be Dalton Duhart, another shorthanded goal, another unassisted goal, three in a row for the Saginaw Spirit. Uh, that came at the 15-45 mark in period number two. So it was 3-0 uh, after 40 minutes of play. Shots favored the Spirit in that period. Low margin, 6-5. So uh, head to the third. Dean Lucas, we finally have assists. <laughs> yeah. 
which <laughs> which is wild to see. Four of the uh, five goals scored in this one were unassisted. So um, it was Dean Lucas scoring his fourth of the season, two minutes and nine seconds into the third period. And then, well, this one really sucked because Oak had the goose egg. He was going to get the shutout. And then Lombardi did not put this puck in on his own. It found a way back towards that Saginaw goal uh, off a skate and into the net. And Oak was pretty mad. I would be too. You are two minutes and eight seconds away from a shutout. And that happens. And that sucks. And that's where they ended up a four to one final. But yeah, yeah, we'll start with the special teams. And I mean, not having the advantage, being the team down a man is like even Flint had a couple of chances shorthanded. Yeah, it was one of those games where you just wanted to climb the penalty. That's the way it looked like there on Wednesday evening. I mean, both teams' power plays were not in it at all. I mean, it wasn't very smooth at all. The pocket wasn't moving very well. Couldn't really settle it down. Flint, I mean, they really struggled on the gap control. They had nobody back. I mean, they had so many like shorthanded chances yeah. or advantage chances given up. It was crazy. I don't think I've saw that many this year. 0 for 9 on the power play, that's a struggle. I mean, Saginaw, no better, but over 4, it's tough. You're not going to win many games when you're 0 for 9 on the power play. You get a lot of gifts, a lot of chances, and you give up two goals. So, mm-hmm. And you eventually lose the game because of that. The game winner and the insurance goal were both shorthanded. So it came back to bite them. I mean, you got to have better gap control, and I know they'll pick things up. But that's a thing to watch if you're a Flint fan. you got to make sure on the power play you can control the gap. you still got to play the defense. I mean, the team can still score on you shorthanded. And so yeah. got to watch for that. Yeah, final shots on goal, 28-23 in favor of the Flint Firebirds. And like you said, as people continue to call me, but it's going to be okay. Um, they feel the need to keep calling me these same people. But, um, yeah, 0 for 9 for the Flint Firebirds, 0 for 4 for the Saginaw Spirit. Uh, Spirit. Shot advantage or face-off win advantage, uh, 34 to 28 in that category. And yeah, let's let's talk about Oak for a second because there were a lot of saves that were above average, if you want to call it that. They were above easy, and he made them look easy. And that's the biggest reason that Saginaw walked away with two points right there is they had nothing going on the power play. They had everything going short-handed, but um, you know, r- really, even five on five, they weren't tremendous. Yeah, I mean, Oak, he's played in three games this year, 82 shots this year. And there's another stat 82 shots this year. He's faced, he's given up eight goals. And for Oak to have the game he did is huge for the Saginaw Spirit because Tristan Lennox is that name on the bubble about elsewhere, about a possible trade. And I mean, his time's coming up in junior hockey, his eligibility time is coming up. So they're going to need that future goaltender. And Andrew Oak, being a Michigan native, it's huge for him to come mm-hmm. in. A fifth-round pick in 2020, it's huge for him to come in and play like this because he's definitely the future in their crease. I mean, they've had some good ones in front of him. Prostatov was a good one. Lennox is a good one. Now we got Oak coming up. Well, one well, raise a good point, not only with – Lennox being on the trade block and potentially where Saginaw is, is he on the move? Um, even if he's not on the move, Team Canada camp, um, the World Juniors, is Tristan Lennox the third goaltender? Because I think it's Brett Brochu's job to lose. We've mentioned that numerous times. Sebastian Kosa is <laughs> going to be in the mix there out, uh, out west. 
Um, is Tristan Lennox that third guy? And they're going to need someone to fill in the gap when he's gone. And that's even for training camp as well, a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, nice shout-out to Andrew Oak, who played very well. Uh, star number two goes to Dalton Duhart, and then Dean Lucas uh, gets star number three. So, you know, all in all, it was a good, it was a good featured game. I really, you know, the I seventy five divide cup. I still think that sounds unreal. Presented by right? Coors Light. Yeah, that. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Nice. Um, you know, still sounds better than the K nine cup by a lot. Like, yeah, close. Um, but this. Uh, after this weekend, the Saginaw Spirit still continue to sit fifth place in that Western Conference, uh, where the Flint Firebirds right behind them in sixth at uh, nine points for the Spirit, eight points for the Flint Firebirds. So this was a big game. You know, you may not look at it as, oh, it is the last Wednesday of November or of October. Why is it a big game? Well, it's a big game because you're not playing anyone in the Eastern Conference, so every point means a lot more, and especially when you're playing your um, in-state rivals. Well, you want those four two point points. Game. Exactly, and they're four-point games when you're playing each other all the time. Those four-point games, those head-to-head games are huge. Four points, that's a lot when you play each other that many times. So, for Saginaw, that's a massive four points. Yeah. When you look at it, too, you got to try and earn all these points as possible because the Guelph Storm, they sit in fourth place right now, and that is they're only because they've played well. ten games. Saginaw and Flint have only played six times. So those if you can gain those extra points in those four games in hand, then you're setting yourself up to be in a pretty good spot. And even Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, Flint, Saginaw, in the same division, they've played 11 games, five more than Saginaw and Flint. So, again, early, tough to really be standings watching right now. I mean, it's kind of in – Enjoyable to see a team still be undefeated in the London Knights at 8-0. <laughs> when um, does it lose? We do it exactly. When does it lose? But they exactly. five games. When so, does it end? But, yeah. It, it's still enjoyable to look at all that. So, um, Oh, again, big time, and especially the stats, especially the interesting things that you see. And it's like, oh, I haven't heard anyone talk about that. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. But, yeah, there's a fair bit of uh, interesting uh, statistics going around the Ontario Hockey League this year, which has been very intriguing to me, and I've been so excited about it. Yeah, it's back, and it's awesome. So, Big time. Um, again, Saginaw Spirit, they defeat the Flint Firebirds 4-1 to one this past Wednesday. The I-75 Divide Cup presented by Coors Light continues uh, throughout the season. But finally get these teams in Canada, and we'll discuss our featured game in the last segment of the week. It is two out-of-conference teams that play each other a lot more than outer-conference teams should play each other. But just geographically, that's the way it works. So we'll get to that in our final segment. But after the break, a few headlines to get to. Colin Ward was very generously written this stuff down. So shout-out to him. Uh, like I said, the American teams, they're coming up north. We're going to go down south to play them as well. So that is very enjoyable. Um, you know, this is a point that is not really one we want to discuss, but suspensions are a thing right now. Unfortunately, that's just the way it's going. Um, we'll get to the players of the week. We'll get to the players who stood out to us, games that stood out to us. And then, of course, uh, that featured game at the 
at the end of the night. So lots to discuss here on the 69th installment of the Own 60 podcast. We will take a break and come right back. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Owen 60 podcast. Uh, The link is there in our bio. Uh, the link tree anywhere you get your podcasts uh, we are there so links are up as well the link to our website uh, Joe Vanderland's got all his articles as he continues to work on some things behind the scenes um, got a few announcements that will be coming out more than likely by the end of the year uh, we've got some things in the works so make sure you oh, stay yeah. tuned at the own 60 podcast Facebook Twitter uh, and Instagram, that's where you get all of our coverage from our featured games. But on to the second segment, a few topics to get to, uh, including some that we have not written, that Colin has not written down, but that's because we thought of them um, during segment number one. So It's like fireworks that go off in our heads during the break. We exactly. Talk about, literally, we talk about the OHL during the breaks too. It's like that – that and as I'm doing like a my head exploding, like mind blown. Yeah. My mind gets blown a lot. So there's a lot of things that like I get distracted by. But yeah, I can't believe I forgot about it because like, we've been talking about it like literally every day. Yeah. Like the lacrosse goal. So that was not a big deal. Martin Chromiak. That was sick. That was sick. That was that was incredible. It that was. was so cool. Yeah, like that was nice. Like that's so hard to do in the middle of a game. Like you imagine like you're skating around the net and it's like, I don't got any options. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I'm just going to try it. <laughs> Lacrosse goal. Not oh, a big wow. deal. Yeah. All right. Topic number one. It is like it is opening day again. And, of course, we got to use baseball because baseball is awesome. Um, we mentioned it in segment number one. We are finally going to get uh, those cross-country matchups once again. Um, with plenty of games between the American clubs as well as the 17 Ontario-based teams. And one of the biggest ones I think that a lot of fans enjoy uh, down in St. Catharines, it is the Erie Otters and the Niagara Ice Dogs. They will kick things off on Thursday at the Meridian Center. Of course, that, that's not the first game. There's Flint uh, hosts Windsor Wednesday. And, that's a big uh, one. Uh, Saginaw's up in Sault Ste. Marie on Wednesday as well. I just, Erie, Niagara, it was in my head. They meet each other so many times in one year. Um, and it's just, it's one to look forward to. But Good atmosphere, yeah. It's, and it, I, I kind of relate this to, you know, the, the Detroit Tigers. And when the state of Michigan finally allowed them to have the full capacity at Comerica Park, um, the Tigers did brand it as we are, it is reopening day. We yeah. are fully open. We want this ballpark to be full. And that's the way they branded it. And I think that's – I don't know if you go that far in terms of just the American teams finally coming over to play uh, in Canada. But it, feels like it is back. exciting because all three teams are in the Western Conference. The only out-of-conference matchup we're going to see here in this first week is the Erie Otters, Niagara Ice Dogs. But – it is something to look at because those rivalries are back. You look at the 
Obviously, Flint Saginaw. That's there's. I don't think there'll be a bigger bigger rivalry than that. But you know, against the Windsors, the Sarnias that are right on the border. Um, Saginaw Sioux. Yeah, Saginaw Sioux, which we're gonna get on Wednesday. It's it, it's exciting, and it it's almost a refresh of uh, Ontario Hockey League action because you are getting matchups that again we had to wait uh, an extra month for. Yeah, and I mean. Literally, this is like a celebration of two years. I mean, it's been so long, right? Like, since I've been able to cross the border. So it's going to be cool to see that. And it, like you said, it's like opening day all over again. It's literally like we're here. It's literally like we're finally here. It's like there's no – other than the no conference play, that's why Thursday night's going to be like it's back. Like, it's everything's normal. We have a yes. West, Western Conference team playing an Eastern Conference team. I mean, it's going to be like normal. And I think I'm really excited to see that because, like, it's been so long. It's honestly like it's reopening day, and it's going to be yeah. exciting to see. That's for sure. Yeah, so to highlight all the matchups this week, of course, I mentioned Windsor's in Flint on Wednesday. Saginaw's up in Sioux on Wednesday. Uh, the Iriotas visit Niagara Thursday. Kind of scroll and, here through the Saturday. weekend. Yeah, uh, get to Friday. The Saginaw Spirit uh, are in Sarnia to take on the Sting. Uh, Flint will then head to Kitchener on Friday, November 5th. That should be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Um, uh, keep scrolling here. Erie heads to Windsor on Saturday. Sarnia is in Saginaw on Saturday. And then as we get to Sunday, there is the Erie Otters against the Sarnia Sting Sunday, November 7th. That essentially rounds up the weekend with Sudbury visiting Oshawa that night, but um, it's it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, it's a tough back to back for Flint. I mean, Flint's going to be wild. I mean, their first the first Canadian yeah. team they host is the London Knights. I mean, that's going to be wild. That, like that's going to be a very good environment in Flint. And the night before they're in Kitchener, that's a tough back to back getting from Kitchener back home to Flint. That's a tough travel. So it'll be interesting to see what Flint looks like on Saturday, but. That's yeah. certainly a game to look out for. I agree, and I'm sure we'll get to that uh, and potentially more games to watch besides a featured game coming up this week. Um, topic number two, and this is something Colin really wanted to talk about, um, the effect of how fast the pace, the pace will be, like starting the new season. Yeah, the pace is going to be for sure. It's going to be fast because teams don't know each other, right? Teams aren't yeah. gonna, teams don't know each other. All say it's just video. In video, you can only do so much, right? Like video, you only get so much. But everything's different on the ice. When you get on the ice, it's everything changes. It's a game. It's faster, and it's like watching the local fair on the news, and then you go to the local fair. You got the bright lights. You got the the Ferris wheel. You got it all. Yeah. And that's what it's like when you get into a game and. It's going to be interesting to see how fast it is because teams don't know each other. So teams might get away from the system a little bit. There might be some more goal scoring. And we saw the difference in the goal scoring this year. It's part of the stat of the day between conferences. So you may see the West goal scoring start to go up now between it opening and teams aren't going to know each other now as well Mm -hmm. in the West. Well, you saw it with Flint there. Things are open when you play the Flint Firebirds. So um... (laughs) big time. Never really do know. And, I mean, Cavillan, it could have easily been higher. I thought Cavillan played really well uh, with some of the saves that he made. So, um, yeah, who, who knows? It'll, it'll be – it's interesting to see. And 
We might as well get to that. You you mentioned it. Might as well get to that stat of the day um, because I don't think we've mentioned it yet. Uh, Colin Ward doing some research. And uh, yeah. I think this is a perfect time to kind of discuss this about, uh, about goals for. Yeah, so the goals for right now in the Eastern Conference is 377. In the West, listeners are never going to get this. I mean, it blew me off. I think it blew Reese off as well. The West, 291 goals scored for. So the East, 377. The West, 291. That's 86 goals apart. Did the math. Not a big deal. Not a boy. But it's insane, the difference. And, I mean, obviously the goaltending is a big difference in the West between the East. I mean, you got Brett Rochu, Ben Goudreau, Tristan Lennox. You have some good ones in the West. And that's not a knock at all to the East. But you have some big-name goaltenders that are looking to represent Team Canada at the World Juniors. you got some elite-level goaltending in that conference. So there's another advantage. But I think it's just the structure. Teams are playing each other all the time. I mean, London Owen Sound play every other week. It feels like Kitchener Guelph play every day. It feels like, yeah. I mean, and obviously Flint, Erie, Saginaw play every other day. It feels like so. It's gonna you're gonna have that teams you're gonna know each other. And we just mentioned that they're with the systems. Sis teams are sticking to their system now. They know the system. They know the other team system because they're so familiar with each other. So now that we see the conferences open up a little bit, we're gonna see that London Flint game Saturday night where they might get away from the system. You're going to see those games, the Erie-Sarnia game on Sunday. You're going to see that Wednesday night, Windsor, Windsor and Flint. You're going to see those. You're going to see a lot of open play, and it's going to be a lot of goal-scoring, high-scoring games. You're going to start to see that even out a little bit. But in my opinion, that's why it's so different, just because teams are familiar with each other. They're in the system. They know how to lock down other teams' top lines. They know how to match up, and that's why. Yeah, I think you could also you could also put that towards the amount of talent goal scoring wise um, in the Eastern Conference. Again, whether or not you want to look at goaltending being a weaker uh, aspect of the game, but I, I look at it as in the Eastern Conference. I think teams are they're they're opening it up, like you mentioned with the systems. It's they're they're going to focus on goal scoring. And it seems like the Western conferences, we're going to protect our net. We have a great goalie. And this of course pertains more with Goudreau, with Lennox, with Brochu. Um, Locked down the home plate where, area. Yeah. Where they can more, you know, get away with more. Whereas, you know, if you have a little bit of a weaker goaltender, then defense is going to come first. And then, the, then they're going to figure out how to score second. And that's just, that's just you'll you'll see it throughout the season. Um, goal totals are not high for a lot of players that you expect it to be, but it's it's getting back into it, and um, it wouldn't surprise me if it evened out uh, eventually. And you know it'll it'll happen. Goals will like, will come. And I like that point, Reese, about the systems because Friday night in Hamilton, the Niagara Ice Dogs got trapped in their own end. They could not make a pass out of their own end. They went literally 17 minutes without a shot on goal in the second period. Ooh. That's what. That's why the Hamilton Bulldogs had 52 shots on goal in the game. They peppered Tucker Tynan in that second period. They peppered him. And I watched their system. They literally have four guys high. Their defenseman's at the blue, at center ice, up in the play, cutting that outlet pass off. 
the one the one goal that the Ice Dogs scored that I remember off by heart because it was a couple of days now ago and there's been a lot of video watching, but the Ice Dogs scoring a three on one goal because they made a pass through the through that. I mean, when you have four guys up, one back, the numbers are nice if you can get out of it. And as you yeah. know, Reese, the Niagara Ice Dogs like to stretch the ice out. They like to make that stretch pass out of the mm-hmm. zone. They don't want they don't want to just pass it two put two passes and out. They like to hit that home run. They don't hit the singles. So there's a there's one point where they connected on it, and it was a three on O Daniel Gushin goal, and those are going to happen because of the Hamilton Bulldogs system. But I really like their system. They can do that because they have good defense, so they can play aggressive. But there's a difference between the systems where you see those guys up in the rush, you see them creating chances, and you see the Hamilton Bulldogs how many goals they have this year. There's a reason because their defense is so engaged up in the rush, mm-hmm. and they can create chances like that. So there's another system thing that I just wanted to add to because. It just reminded me in Hamilton on Friday night about that Niagara Ice Dogs goal. They got outplayed so bad, the next thing you know, they scored on a three on up. It was like, wow, they haven't had a shot in 17 <laughs> minutes and it's a tie game. It's like, huh, that's interesting. But, yeah, that's one point that I wanted to mention quickly. Yeah, no, no, good point, man. And it's it's a stat we'll continue to watch uh, in terms of goals for in each conference because oh, it, like even, even in baseball when they did just division by division – and that was yeah. in the American League and National League, obviously. But, you know, it's going to be that same situation. It's you, you know what these teams are going to offer you. You know, you know, in baseball, you know what this guy's thrown. You've seen him five times already this year, which doesn't happen. Whereas you transition over to the Ontario Hockey League. Okay, so Niagara-Hamilton, they've played each other three times now. We, we know where we can beat Marco Costantini. If we're Niagara, we know where we can beat Tucker Tynan if, if we're Hamilton. And I know the first time these two teams played each other, uh, Hamilton saw Josh Rosenswag uh, in the net at first Ontario center. But, you know, you learn those tendencies and you learn how guys skate, you learn how they move their feet and what, whether they, a, a winger loves streaking down with all kinds of speed in the world and whether he'll cut to the net or whether he'll drop it back. And but- I, three times might not be enough. It probably is for the amount of talent that all these players have, but you get into those fourth, fifth, and sixth matchups of the season is, yeah. all you right, I know what this guy's doing. Like, let, let's prepare for it. And that's, that's what you're going to see coaches focusing on in video sessions is if there's a player that you're going to watch out for Oshawa, Callum Ritchie, don't know a lot about him, but as the season goes on, you will and Richie's going to have to make adjustments because these teams are going to make adjustments to him. Exactly. Will, and will he be able to do that? Will the defense be able to adjust to him? Will the defense be able to adjust to Quentin Musty up in Sudbury? You know, will Fords be able to adjust to Ty Nelson in North Bay? Will they be able to figure out how he plays in his own end? Right. It's just, exactly. it's just throughout the season. You learn all these tendencies and it's making adjustments every second of every play. 100%. And then it's vice versa. You look at Shane Wright. Shane Wright never really got off to the start we thought he was going to get. Yeah. I mean, we've heard we've heard questionable calls from media saying that he's going to get 177 points, which I don't believe he will. That's that's impossible to do. I mean, it's not With impossible, World Juniors, but it's highly yes. – I mean, he's going to miss yeah. a month, and it's highly doubtful he gets 175 yeah. points. But I believe he gets over 120 if he can if he can continue to build off the weekend because now he's starting to heat up a little bit, and it's vice versa for guys like Shane Wright. Can they figure it out? Yeah. how to play against those systems because when Shane Wright's on the ice, every single person in the arena, every single person watching on TV, listening on their radio, 
knows he's on the ice. Yeah. So it's tough. Do you imagine how tough it is to get space when every single person knows Shane Wright's on the ice? Connor McDavid dealt with it. Everyone, everyone deals with that. You're a top prospect. You're seeing Bedard go through that in the WHL. Everybody knows who, when they are on the ice. They're elite talents. They're number one overall picks. They're NHL players. They are yeah. going to make over $8 million in their career eventually. It's it, they're going to know when they're on the ice. We saw that with Brant Clark now. Brant Clark's starting to heat up now. Niagara on Thursday night, a couple weeks ago, he didn't look that great. But yeah. this past weekend, boom, he got the 0-60 bump, I guess. He must have heard us <laughs> and took off and took off. That's Brant Clark. It's vice versa, too. How can you play against the system? And that's a real, that's a real skill to have because that's a real pro skill set. Because That's an NHL player skill set. If you can beat the system, that's huge as well. Because now Yakupov and Sarnia, I witnessed him as like a 13-year-old kid get shut down by Tyler Ferry in London. I get literally shadowed the whole game. He ends up taking a minor and London won like do nothing. He did nothing. And he can get over that. What's now Yakupov in the NHL? Nothing. Nothing. Connor McDavid, the other hand, overcame it. And now he's the best player in the world. It's amazing when guys can overcome that. such a skill yeah. if you can overcome the structure in the system against you. And I really like that point where you said about Ty Nelson and those guys because they have so much space. But now we're through a month. We mentioned last couple of weeks that first 10 games is, okay, you're in the NH, in the OHL. You got to get used to it. Now the next 10 to 20 is systems against you. They know who you are now. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And I really like that point. Yeah, it's the – We'll be excited to see what players can do. Um, goal scoring might go down. We don't know. Yeah, it it could happen. I hope it doesn't because goals are awesome. But Big time. Uh, you never really know how it's going to go throughout. Like you said, the next ten to twenty games. So um, I, I'm excited for it, especially with the X factor of the American teams coming in. So obviously that affects the West more than the East, but uh, should be interesting. Uh, next point, um, and this one kind of sucks suspensions yeah well we saw, yeah, not a lot of them but we've got a few of them one. yeah we got the one i mean we mentioned brody crane last week i didn't think he'd get anybody he got three it'll be his third and final game will be on friday night against the Olympic sound attack at home at budweiser garden so brody crane will be back for saturday's game in flint for the lot of nights so he'll be in that fun one but then Arbor Jack and I on the Kitchener Rangers, Reese, and we've saw him play the last couple of weeks. We saw his last three out of four, two out of four games. And we've noticed how physically engaged he is. He was mm -hmm. looking for stuff and it was close. Sunday's featured game two weeks ago. We thought he might be having a hearing about that. Yeah. He didn't. The following game on Friday night against Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, a slew foot match penalty at the end of the game. Five game suspension for Arbor Jack. He's already he's already served a game, so it's gonna he'll be back probably in two weeks. You would think, obviously the four games, so yeah. two weeks he will be back for the Kitchener Rangers. But Arbor Jack, a five game suspension for a slew foot. It was in front of the net. It was an ugly play, and Reese right away when we saw it. Okay, it, there's a five gamer because yeah. when you saw it on Sunday, the little clothesline, almost like the Dylan Larkin play with Matthew Joseph. It was so similar, and it's like, okay, there's a game. No, the play before that, Arbor Jack, the penalty before that, when he kind of got in a tussle there, removed the player's helmet. Obviously, that's I don't think that's suspendable, but it was close. And then the second one, okay, okay. There might be a hearing about that. And then the third one, strike three, swing and a miss, you're out. Tough one, but 
you're getting the five for that for sure. And tough one, but he's been very good this year, Arbor Jack guy. He's been very good. And also some news here too as well, sort quickly off topic, Reese, but Donovan Zabrango is only playing 10 minutes a night right now for the Grand Rapids Griffins. So if you're a Kitchener Rangers fan, look for Sabrango possibly to come back after World Juniors, possibly play for Canada and then come back. So look out for that one. Yeah, I caught that on Twitter the Similar other day. To, I, I never even thought about that. Similar to Zade Wisdom. Similar to Zade Wisdom. When Zade Wisdom comes back to Kingston after his rehab and stuff, he'll be back in Kingston. But look for Kitchener to get that bump with Donovan Zabrango because Zabrango had a really underrated rookie season where I thought he looked really good, but just didn't get the minutes, right? He was on a good Kitchener team. They won a lot in a row. They were one of the best teams in the OHL after the trade deadline. So he didn't play the top two minutes, obviously, but he played well in his top four minutes. So look for him to come back and be that puck-moving defenseman. As we've saw Kitchener play a few times now, if they can get Donovan Zabrango in their lineup, that offensive-type defenseman that can create offense, obviously get in his own end as well. But that's a big, big ad for the Kitchener Rangers. They can get him for nothing because they own his rights. So that would be a nice lift for them. It really would be. Um, Arby Jack, I, by the way, eligible to return November 13th. Um, Brody Crane, like so you said, Saturday. back to sixth. Uh, we, Costa Benicus just got back from a two-game suspension. Uh, October 31st, uh, he he got back into the Sudbury lineup. So, and they had a rough one. This, yeah. Well, and this isn't a topic we really want to talk about, but um, it's it's relevant. So, unfortunately, we had to do it. On to the players of the week. And Patrick Lever, we're going to start with the goaltender. Patrick Lever, I think, is has a chance to be really good this year. And he's gotten the reps for the Oshawa Generals. And I saw it firsthand, uh, the Ice Dogs, when they were in Oshawa. Papasak has got the start. He got hurt. Patrick Lever comes in. Niagara owned Oshawa in that game, I thought. They outshot them by a very wide margin. Niagara had 51, 52 shots in the game. Um, if Patrick Lever is in, if Patrick Lever continues to stay on the bench and Papasakis does not get hurt, I think the Ice Dogs come out with the win here because he was really good. Patrick Lever was really good. He showed, he showed why that he could be a number one goalie in this league. I mean, he moved side to side very well. Um, he really didn't get screened a whole lot. He was able to give himself an opportunity to see the puck a lot. And obviously his defense has quite a bit to do with that, but you no, know, Patrick Lever just continues his strong play. Uh, went two and zero with the goals against average of one and a save percentage of nine seventy six. Impressive. Impressive two games. That's for sure. And I think it's that case where we saw Brett Bruce shoe with Jordan Coy and we saw Constantini this year with Zach Roy just get their chance and not drop the ball. Just not drop the ball. Just yeah. continue to play well. And we see it with Ty Simpson as well, or with Simpson as well with Ty Austin in Peterborough, where Simpson's playing well in Peterborough. Peterborough's improved a lot, too. There's another 0-60 bump for team play. So mm-hmm. th- there's a similar situation there with Lever where he gets his chance and just doesn't drop the ball. And it's a major, major opportunity there for Lever to get his chance and hopefully build off that because like you said that Niagara game Niagara outplayed him and he played very well so very good point there honestly and it's gonna be interesting I think it's one of those cases where he's just not gonna drop the ball and 
it might be his net now. Yeah, that's definitely a story to keep his eye, keep our eyes on. Uh, player of the week that goes to Tucker Robinson uh, or Robertson. Why did I say Robertson? Robertson. That was weird. A Robertson score a lot of goals in Peterborough, huh? Yeah, it seems like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I never heard of that before. A Robertson scoring a lot of goals in Peterborough. Nothing changes. Yeah, uh, Robertson in two games played three goals uh, and two assists. Someone's got to make up for McTavish not being here. And he did that this past weekend. Big time. Oh, big time. And him and, Car- him, Carol, Avon are playing very, very well together. It's been um, it's been a treat to watch them play. And they had a weird game on Thursday night at home against the Hamilton Bulldogs. They had a shorthanded goal. They gave up a shorthanded goal. There, it was every goal possible, but an own goal and an even strength goal. And a penalty shot goal. I don't think I've ever saw that before. A penalty shot goal, a shorthanded goal, and a power play goal it might have been. But every specialty goal happened. That's a quick off point topic. But that game on Thursday in Peterborough against Hamilton was an odd game for me in the first period. It was odd. But uh, Tucker Robertson, yeah, definitely deserves it. Five-point week, two games. That's a nice day at the rink, a nice couple of days at the rink. And uh, well-deserved. And like you said, he's got to step up. Mason McTavish is out, and you watch Peterborough play, and it's like, okay, but if they had Mason McTavish, they're two wins better right now or three wins better right now. Yeah. But with Tucker Robertson playing this kid, they're where they should have be, should be with McTavish because that's tough to get five points in two games. That's tough. And it's a very good job for Tucker Robertson. He'll improve off that for sure. For sure. Uh, Patrick Lever, your OHL goaltender of the week. Uh, Tucker Robertson, OHL player of the week. Uh, before we hit the break, who's a guy that stood out to you other than those two that you kind of, you know, they deserve an honorable Who, mention? Who? So for me, there's a few. There's a few. There, and it's very tough for me, but I got to go with this first goal in his OHL career. Then the next day on Saturday, he gets another two points and a tough loss to North Bay, but I got to go with show guest Bo Jelsma. Bo Jelsma is one of those guys recent when we saw him play in Niagara this year, see him play light. He's one of those guys. It's a smart kid. He's quiet. He's a farm boy. He's a strong, tough farm boy. He's high skill. He's a good skater. And it's one of those things where you just had to get one goal and then you'll start to let, then you'll yeah. start to move up and you'll notice him a lot more. He got his first goal on Friday night in Mississauga. The next night, he comes home and just lights it up. Two two points in the game, a solid game for Bo Jelsma. My pick is Bo Jelsma. Also, a quick, quick shout-out to Gavin Bryant, who got third star on Saturday night for the Owen Sound attack. We keep mentioning him because he deserves it. Reese, they might have been listening to us. It might have been a minor Owen 60 effect. What up, Matty Rowe? But Gavin Bryant... Played on the second line on Saturdays in Saturday's win, had two points, two nice assists as well. A nice pass to Denny Gord that was a little off the boards, a little sauce pass off the boards, 100 foot pass, blue line to blue line, right in stride for a Gore breakaway goal, and all nice setup by Gavin Bryant. So, a quick shout out to those two. Really good, uh, really good weeks for them. Four points in, their last, in his last five games for Gavin. So, keep it up, nice. boys. Um, for me, and it feels like every time it's the weekend and the London Knights are playing, this guy just finds a way to be on my feed. Um, I don't know how he does it. I, I mean, he's a really good hockey player. I can Cameron tell you time. that. 
Um, Luke Evangelista, if anyone missed it, go watch it. Um, he pulled out the Peter Forsberg and it was beautiful. Uh, it's he, he yeah. couldn't have taken this captaincy more or he could not have taken this captaincy better than he has. It, he has he's worn the sea and he has absolutely run away with it. It's you, they could not have picked a better guy to be the captain of the Knights. And he is leading this team and him and Brett Brochu show guests. Not a big deal. They are the reason they are eight. No, right now. Oh, big time. They've led by example. And also they've had solid play by Ben Roger and Sean McGurin, their other two assistant captains that were named who are also well-deserved, but yeah, Luke Evangelista, he said it all. When he talked the talk before the season, when he was named captain, he had a really good article in the London Free Press with Ryan Payette about the situation, about being named captain, about his goals. And he has lofty goals, that's for sure. He wants to be in the top five scoring in the Ontario Hockey League. Right now he's got that as a check mark. Obviously it's early, but he, it's there right now. He wants to make the World Junior team. He wants to win a gold medal. That's definitely in question right now. You always see the captain of the London Knights in the World Juniors. Why not? He deserves it right now. He's one of the top scorers. He will definitely get an invite. So And so should Brett Brochures. So will, because that guy needs a pro contract, like Luke Evangelista tweeted. Love that tweet. There's three. But uh, four and four, he said he wants to win a gold medal. Make the team. He probably will. If you can play the right way, hopefully they do. Being Canadian. But five, he wants to win the J. Ross Robertson Cup. Finish top five in scoring and win a Memorial Cup. Those are all goals. And so far, the first two or three, he's checked the boxes. And there's only one person standing in his way, and that's himself. And if he can keep this going, he's definitely gonna he's definitely gonna fly through it because he's had a really, really good year so far. And well mentioned he's one of like for captaincy a lot of nights, that's high that's a lot of pressure. I mean Alex Regula, Liam Foodie were the last captains, co-captains of the team. Before that you had Evan Bouchard. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of that's a lot of pressure. Then you have Mitch Martin or Christian Dvorak before that. So there's a lot there. And well said, I mean, there's a lot of pressure when you're the captain, a lot of nights. And right now he's blown my expectations. All right. One more one more topic to get to, and this is one that's kind of off the board a little bit, um, in terms of our sheet. Uh the top prospects game. They still want to get it in. Uh, I am Which is, in favor of doing that. I think Collins I as too. well. Um, oh, big time. I love it. I love it. Yeah, showcase the league. Yeah, I've seen a couple of tweets out there saying that they're trying their darndest to, you know, get this game going, get it uh, to take place. And a few people have said it's going to be in an OHL barn. And whether you believe sense. that or not. For travel. No idea. But, um, yeah. I don't know if we want to give early candidates for a host or well, not. I got like, you know what though? I got like five in my head right away. If you want to, if you want to say a couple, because I was thinking right away, I was thinking, well, the two men cup hosts last year that didn't yeah. get a chance to St. Mary Oshawa. You have London and Hamilton, the two barns that could host it. Yeah. Within the, where you could day. have you the could most fans it. spread I out. Say, yeah. I could say right now, today, even though they go hundred okay. percent right now, but. Yeah, it's down. not. It's yeah. not going to be 100. percent Let's be realistic here. It will not be. Oh, oh, for sure. And I was just thinking. So you have the two Mem Cup hosts in Oshawa and Sault Ste. Marie. And then if you were to name a host today, Reese, right, right away, Hamilton, London, because yeah. I can host. I could say today I want to host it tomorrow and be able to host it tomorrow. 
Well, the, the, only, the only argument against Hamilton is they just hosted it. I do get your yeah. point. I do get your point. That makes a lot of sense with the size of the barn that they have. It would like, I could see them doing it again. Because, for just because well, where for they are. travel. Exactly. So Hamilton, an easy favorite. I think you put London over them just because they did host it again. London would be a really good host. How about, um, this? How about this? This is my fifth Kingston. The man. The just have Shane right play in front of his home crowd. The number like one that. rated player. Can you imagine that? Your home, the hometown team, best player on the hometown team, the captain. Gets that place would have to be full. Would that would be a be. good environment. That would be a really good environment in Kingston. And it's another place that's a good, that's good on travel. I mean, it's kind of far away from the airport. You'd have to go into Ottawa, but that's, I guess that's not too bad. Oh, well. But yeah, I mean, NHL teams can do it. They can afford it. Exactly. Yeah, so hope, hopefully they can figure out a way to get this in. The Ontario Hockey League, Canadian Hockey League, um, as well as the Western League and the QMJHL, of course, all talking, um, I assume, a lot to figure this out. So um, that would be nice. That would be a fun event to get back. There's going to be no Canada-Russia series. So if we could get the top prospects game and just – slowly ease back into having these special events, that would be awesome. So um, hopefully we can figure it out or they can figure it out and we can get Shane Wright in front of a full house somewhere to show off what he can do. Um, it is time for a break though. When we come back featured game for the upcoming week, it is on a Thursday, another mid week, eh, mid to late week game, whatever. Um, but it's going to be a fun one. Uh, really excited. Uh, so we will let you know what game that is, and we will preview it for you next here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Domaney along with Colin Ward. 4-1 Saginaw beats Flint in last week's featured game. And this week is their first trip to the Meridian Center. The Erie Otters and the Niagara Ice Dogs will be our featured game. We wanted to get a cross-country game in, whether or not that would have been uh, involving Saginaw or Flint. We just we really enjoy the matchup with the Erie Otters and Niagara Ice Dogs with them playing so often. It's just we felt like we had to do this one. Um, just to get it going, get this rivalry back up because Niagara, they got that geographical rivalry with Hamilton, but when you're out of conference, you don't expect it, but the Erie Otters, Niagara Ice Dogs rivalry, uh, it's going to be back and we're excited for it. So we're going to cover matchup number one this season. That takes place this Thursday. It is November 4th uh, at 7 p.m. at the Meridian Center. And... Might as well get to the players to watch out for to, to get her started. Um, Colin, who are you going with? First, we'll do the Erie Otters. Yeah, so Erie, it's been interesting because we haven't saw them play, right? It, in Canada, we have not saw them play. We saw them play from afar, so it's going to be nice to see them play up close and live. My opinion, I, I want to see Brendan Hoffman. I think he has a good game. My pick's Brendan Hoffman. I like that. Um for myself, 
I had to think about this one a little bit more. I really wasn't a hundred percent sure who exactly I wanted to go with. I know. Same. Like it's, I like the way Hoffman plays and I saw him play his rookie year and I thought he looked good. So now I'm excited to see him play. So that's why I went with Hoffman. Yeah. I like that. I mean, he was on my list. So join, took that away from me. Join up, join up, join up. He says, Hmm, this is tough. I like goaltending, but it's tough oh, yeah. to pick a goalie because you're not a thousand percent sure who's gonna, you know. But um, yeah. for me, I am going to go with Connor Lockhart. Like he is had to his standards, I'm sure, a, a very slow start to the season. Again, six games played. How the heck do you judge that? Um, the, it's just that minus five is, is a little bit scary, uh, for me, a six rounder to Vancouver this past year. And, you know, I expected a little bit of a better start for the, through the first six games. Again, tough to judge the guy on it, two assists in those six games, but I'm going to look for him. He's going to have to start to heat up soon and we'll see if that happens here with this matchup against Niagara. Yeah, for sure. And Exactly. You want to get a good opportunity there in Niagara. Another team with some young players, so they're definitely looking at jobs to get into Niagara at the Meridian Center. All right. Who you got on Niagara? So, it's kind of off the board. It, it, when you look at their top five scorers, he's not on there, but I'm going to go with Panofemus. I think Panofemus has a good game. It was down to him or Cameron Peters. I think Peters looks yeah. very, very good so far this year. I think he's the most improved player on their team. Obviously, Jakey Birdie's really good. But Cam Peters, to me, has exceeded every expectation so far. Remember the the first game we saw him play recently? I go to you. Well, he's got to improve a little bit here because yeah. he doesn't look, he looks the same. And then ever since I said that, similar to the very Colts of Brant Clark, he's took off. So, hey, an 0 60 bump. But uh, yeah, he. Uh, He's a good one, but I got to go with Panofemus. Nice. Uh, yeah, he. I talked to Billy Burke about this a few times uh, when I was covering the team last weekend. Uh, he has all the confidence in the world in Panofemus. Uh, he puts him in situations where he's going to succeed. He's got him in the dot um, on the power play to open it up. Um, big draws late in games, so he is getting a shot every chance that he gets. And it, it is awesome to see. It's good that Billy Burke's putting him in that position as well. So um, for me, I am going with a guy who just came back. He is an alternate captain and he is going to throw his weight around every opportunity he gets. Uh, I'm going with defenseman Mason Howard. Minus two in his first two games, but he's got to get back into the rhythm of things. Mason Howard for me, I think this just, makes their blue line so much better. And it was, it was already one of the better blue lines in the league. And I think a lot of people overlooked it because there aren't the big names like the Brant Clarks or Ty Nelson's or, you know, it it's led by Dakota Betts and Landon Cato to start the year. And I thought they were great. I thought they've been great for the Niagara Ice Dogs so far this season. Then you're adding Mason Howard in there and that makes a really good top three for a team that is going to surprise a lot of people this year. So I think Mason Howard, Dakota Betts, and obviously we'll see what his injury status is like heading into the weekend. 
Um, I believe he Ma- will be Ma- back. Mason Howard is he, – he's going to make this blue line so much better. Yeah, I believe both will be back for Thursday. Him and Juan Copeland, that was the two yeah. injuries on Friday evening. But, yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. And also Alec Leonard's played with – yeah, oh, yeah. overachieved as well. I mean, those two block shots he had were massive on the Saturday game that you called against Mississauga. Those were big. And in the postgame presser, Billy Burke, head coach of the Niagara Ice Dodge, wanted to make that clear off the top that Alec Leonard got praised for that because back-to-back block shots, it looked like a mini Mason yeah. Howard there. It was insane. So that was pretty – and that surprised me as well that that was there. Because those block shots, I mean, you throw your body on the line, that's tough to do. And, I mean, you get so much respect for that as well. I remember my partner in crime, Rob Hubbard, that night. And save the game goes to Alec Leonard. I Big go, time. That, that was awesome. I totally agree with him. So, um, yeah, I think, be, yeah. yeah, this Ice Dogs blue line is very underrated in my opinion. So, uh, Mason Howard's just going to make it so much better. So, I'm excited for it. Again, 7 o'clock, November 4th. At the Meridian Center, it is the Erie Otters taking on the Niagara Ice Dogs. This week's 0-60 featured game. And that'll pretty much wrap it up for us this week. Yeah, a long one this week. A fun one, though, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah it was a lot of fun. Um, again, stay that tuned Halloween at the Talk. 60 Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for our featured game and for any updates around the Ontario Hockey League. Joel's been busy on Twitter. For yeah, anyone did. that's seeing uh, all of our quotes or stats or anything, that is more than likely Joel Vanderland uh, with yeah, some Colin Ward and zero Reese Dumaney. I mean, there's a fair bit. There's a fair bit of Joel. It's yeah. it's impressive. It's impressive. He's getting to work. He's got a lot of ideas too, and I mean, those will come out too. Those will come out soon as well. Yeah. So it's gonna be exciting as he sends the attacks about players to watch in the featured game between Niagara and here. What a guy threw me off there. I guarantee you his pick, Dakota Betts. Big, 100%. big, big, big Dakota yeah. Betts fan. Loves the way he plays. He's an old school guy, Joel. Doing great work with the Belleville Senators as well. So it's gonna be exciting. He will be there Thursday for the featured game as well. He's gonna tag along. So right on. It's gonna be a fun one. That will do it. Thanks so much for everyone for tuning in. And it's going to be a fun week again. It's the Big time. We're past a lot more Halloween. Costco has had Christmas stuff forever. And we are less than two months away from Christmas. So it's going to be fun, which means we are less than two months away from World Juniors. And that makes it even better. So, again, thank you so and much for go. tuning in. And we got it. What is he got? got it. We got an eerie player to watch. Artem Kulikov. This is a quote from Joel Vanderland. Tough defender, rated for the NHL draft. That's his theory pick. So I feel like we'll just tweet. I feel like we'll just tweet the picks. So then we give us Niagara pick another time. Yeah. But I feel like it'll come off right when we go off air. But I, I don't know. want to ramble on until he sends it. So we'll tweet it. We'll tweet it. But yep. that's his eerie pick. That's a dual pick, though. Yep. Again, stay tuned at the Own 60 Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, and we will chat in seven days. <laughs> Thank you.